Make It Better, the podcast that wants to help you make this world a better place, one person at a time, one day at a time, one betterment at a time. I'm your host, Bruce Harrett. We're broadcasting from Toronto, Canada, where it's a beautiful 19 degrees Celsius. Uh, That's about 70 American. And our exchange rate is just as bad. On the controls, uh, or the board as we call it in radio, we have Dave Warr, one of Canada's top voice recording producers and owner of DB Audio, the top spot for all your audio recording needs. dbaudio.ca, check it out. I'm hoping they'll become a, you know, like a, a, what's it called? Sponsor. So I'm fairly, I'm fairly excited. I say fairly because my first choice of guest wasn't available, but... We will make do with today's guest. He hails from Overome, as we say, Bristol, England. Um, he does something with computers and he gets paid for it quite well, actually. Please welcome Guy Crawford. And there will be thunderous applause here, I imagine. How are you doing, Guy? I'm doing well, thanks. I heard the applause, even if you didn't. Yeah, well, it's, it's virtual applause. Because uh, that's the new world. Everything's virtual. Nothing's actually real. There I we love go. It. See? See? it was real. I knew it was real. See, we have a professional on the board. Did you notice I said on the board? Isn't that you, you can tell I was in radio for five years, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's great to be back to live radio. Let me tell you, and uh, broadcasting live from Toronto, Canada is pretty darn exciting. Uh, we are live, aren't we? It's a pre-recorded podcast, Bruce. Oh, okay. So listen, um, I just want to give our listener, we're not sure how many, so I'll just say one, (laughs) one at a time anyway. (laughs) So we'll give all our listeners out there around the world who are listening to this uh, premier broadcast, uh, oh, podcast, sorry, I'll, I'll try to remember that. You're from Bristol, England. Correct. That is correct. It's in the southwest of England. Actually, I was born in Cardiff. But I moved to Bristol when I was 10. Ah, Wales. Cardiff is in Wales. Correct. Correct. Now, Bristol's famous for two things that I know of. The famous Bristol Old Vic Theatre, which is a very reputable uh, theatre outside of London. A lot of very good actors have worked there. And uh, the slave trade. Can you tell (laughs) us about that? Yes. No. Uh, Personally, I have no involvement with the slave trade. Uh, I have never had any involvement with slave trade. I'd like to clarify that straight away. Bristol is also famous for many other things. It's Floating Harbor. It's Suspension Bridge. uh, It's uh, degrees of debauchery and intoxication on any night of the week. Um, It's also a a very friendly and uh, beautiful place to live. Lots of countryside. Mm. Lots of... Uh, nice suburbs. It's uh, yeah, it's nice. Strawberries and clotted cream. <laughs> That's more Devon, Devon yeah. than Bristol, but uh, Bristol is definitely southwest. So it's more Ronnie size, yeah. Porter's Head, Massive Attack. Yeah, um, yeah, really big music scene. I prefer Devon, but anyway, um, so. You said a floating harbor. I can't let that go by. I have no idea what a floating harbor is. Every harbor has water. How is it floating? Well, I mean, it has a harbor structure, but it also has a whole series of like gangways that um, are used exclusively for people to moor the boats. Right. So, is a ship? Is it still pretty big in shipping goods in and out of England, or no? No, it's not a major industrial port in any way. Um, it's purely for recreational boating, um, 
it is the port that the Matthew sailed for to find the new world with John Cabot. I'm a little bored with Bristol now. So when did you come to Canada? I came to Canada in 2009. So uh, why Canada? <laughs> um, obviously because it's the best country in the world. Oh, you don't have to say that. Um, specifically, specifically for a woman. Oh. I came on vacation to visit a friend of mine, mm -hmm. and I was having a potluck in his girlfriend's um, house mm -hmm. on a Sunday evening, mm. and there was the woman who I... Um, fell in love with. Oh, that's so sweet. Judy. Julie. Julie. Yeah, that's right. Judy. So were you here as a refugee then? <laughs> no, I was here as a tourist. No, no. When you when you immigrated, is it emigrated or immigrated? You immigrated to Canada. Oh, no, I, refugee status, I guess, because things are tough in, in England right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's essentially a third world country. Um, no, I came in on a a tourist visa. Mm -hmm. I extended my visa and then applied for permanent residency. Are you here legally? Not anymore. Okay, we don't have to talk about I'm that. I'm a Canadian citizen now. Thank God nobody listens to this podcast because you would be found out and investigated by the immigration police. So I have a couple questions about about England because you were obviously yeah. live there. You know a lot about it. They call it Great Britain. Why are they? Why do they brag? Is, what's great about it? <laughs> Uh, lots of things. It's really, really good at sandwiches. Mm -hmm. um, excellent at cider. Cider. Um, it used to be great, and now it's really kind of more just Britain. Oh, okay. So another question I have is, it seems like Scotland, Wales, and Ireland all seem to hate your guts in England. So how is it that they call it the United Kingdom? <laughs> uh, it's definitely just a title. These are good questions, aren't they? I'm, I'm hitting the mark, aren't I, on these? Like, I'm really, these are really deep in question like united kingdom everybody wants to leave how is that united you're doing an excellent job um, i would say that <laughs> they're very divisive questions yes i would say that the united kingdom as a whole um is a good idea um the difficulty comes from the fact that um obviously different parts of the uk have different needs different wants and even entirely different societal norms and um outlooks so for example scotland loves the eu and doesn't really like england all that much so um they would love to remain part of the eu but obviously being part of a uh, country like great britain or an organization of countries uh that throws up some some issues you can't just throw a, a border between yeah. england and scotland well, I don't, in the same way anymore i don't really want to talk about brexit uh, you know i'm really sick of it actually it was a bad idea so listen i have one more question about the uk and then we'll move on okay the so-called united kingdom okay. why is it called a kingdom when queen elizabeth has been on ye old throne ye old throne for about a hundred years wouldn't queendom be less chauvinistic yeah but i think they'd already made all the letterheads um, like changing all of that stuff would probably be quite messy. United Kingdom. I think it's time. It's 2020. And as our prime minister said, why do you have half of your cabinet as women? He said, because it's 20, whatever it was. Anyway, I just think England is v still very chauvinistic to be calling it a kingdom. I'm just, I'm just saying. But let's not get into the royalty because I know you have strong feelings about the monarchy. 
So I don't. I'm just for the listeners. What I've been doing here, folks, is taking the piss out of uh, out of Guy. <laughs> and um, can you can you explain what that is for our friends who are not from England? Uh, you know, I'm just going to take the piss out of you. It's a style of humor, right? Could you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, of course. There's a, a huge tradition in England of banter. Uh, or bants, as we would call it, which is basically gentle joshing or uh, straight outright insulting mm. uh, other people that you consider to be some of your closest friends mm-hmm. uh, is considered to be in good taste and in good form, and you are expected to just roll with it and return it as best as you can. Right. It is a sign of affection in most uh, groups. So there is something I could say to you in this taking the piss out of you that you might say, whoa, now you've gone too far. You've talked about my cricket club or something, something English like that. You just say, don't insult my cricket club. Um, no. Footy? No. Your footy club? Do you have a footy club? I don't have a football club. I grew up in Bristol, and Bristol has two teams, both of which are relatively rubbish. They exist entirely to allow people from Bristol to fight people from other cities nearby. Now, for your listeners at home, rubbish yeah, that's an English expression. It just means bullshit or crap. Crap. Garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. <laughs> well, we say garbage here, and I, I, I really, I've been offering you for quite a while now some English elocution lessons, like both for to get rid of that accent and also to use the proper phrases. Like, I think rubbish is just confusing to people. Because oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I misinterpreted that. I assumed you were asking me for some. Oh, to get rid of my accent. Yeah. Mm. See, that's the funny thing is I don't think I have an accent, but to you, of course I do, right? Yeah. So go, you do. go ahead and imitate yeah. me. What, what's a Canadian accent sound like? I don't wish to descend to doing a Canadian impersonations. I don't have it. I don't have that capacity. Well, I, I know how to talk British because I've got a friend from Liverpool and he talks like this, uh, which is more Cockney. Uh, bastardized Cockney. You sound like Dick Van Dyke right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, he's from Liverpool, and he actually likes it when I talk Liverpoolian, like the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, that's my friend Phil. He doesn't actually like it. I don't know why, because I've got it nailed. I think. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, I, I never would have guessed that was an impersonation. So one thing our guests don't know about you, because of course they don't know you at all, is that you were a world right. world champion rollerblader uh, touring, as a very young man, I think you were what, eight or nine, touring all of Europe and representing a famous brand of rollerblades. Can you can you tell uh, folks a bit about that? Is it rollerblades? Is that what they're called? I think you just did. Yeah, rollerblade is the name of the company, rollerblade, but they were inline skates. Uh, I picked up when I was 15 mm-hmm. and um, school and other hobbies soon fell by the wayside. Yeah, I continued skating when everybody else gave up, and that made it a lot easier to win things. So you actually toured with a team, is that correct, all through Europe? Uh, yeah. I went to a, a, a series of skate events, skate contests, and also worked as part of a, a demonstration team oh. with our own mobile ramp. And you were, what, 17? 19? Ah. Uh, Goodness, I started at 16 or so, and the majority of the touring and stuff happened between 20 and 24. And you got college in there as well, because you're now a highly paid uh, professional in the, uh, something to do with the uh, web, oh, yeah, webinars. Oh, completely unrelated. Websites, yeah. 
my uh, college education was in leisure management, Who? the ability to manage and maintain leisure facilities. Ledgers, just as accounting. Le- leisure, like sporting. I couldn't so. understand you because your accent. L- leisure. Yeah, it's a, it's a real speech impediment. So sport, you were going to manage sports. No, I just, Golf clubs. my parents were cool with me continuing skating as long as I got some education as well. And that seemed like something that might be fitting. Yeah, one day you could run a golf course or something. You could still do that without that degree. <laughs> Actually, we we had a, an entire semester of golf course management mm-hmm. as part of it. Yeah. Um, so we're not... It was, uh, it was fun times. They were actually super relaxed about me taking time off to go to skate events too. So well, that was a good fit. Those are great parents. And I understand you were quite comfortable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. My parents did okay. That's great. We had you had seventeen Good. bedrooms, or something. You uh, thirty six bedrooms. Oh, okay. And you had your own. Uh, my own wing. Yes. You had your own That's wing. Right. That's great. Um, no, it was really a beautiful. Um, guy actually showed me where on the map. So we went on. I don't know if you've heard of this, listeners, but there's this thing called Google Maps, and when you click three D, you actually see a photograph of your friend's house. And it was big. I mean, he's on a cul-de-sac. It's a little village. Almost, you called it something, not even a village, right? What's it called? Uh, uh, just, to, just to clarify here before anyone thinks I have any airs and graces, um, it, was, it was average for England. Houses are generally bigger in England yeah. because they had more space when they were building them. Right. In, right. in Canada, stuff tends to be a bit more wedged together when you live downtown. Well, you were in a beautiful cul-de-sac in a wooded glen with a little forest and on the outskirts of Bristol. And there was a... I don't think anyone's ever called it a wooded glen before. Yeah, no, well, I, I've, I studied English literature at university, so I know how to describe things. My parents had a house yeah. and we grew up there. No, suburban. Yep. But like no sidewalks, just a lot of trees and a little path through the forest. And mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a charmed life. But um, so our listeners may be interested, though probably not, in what you do for a living now. Uh, something about banners. You're doing outdoor banners yeah. for, for parades no, and things? Digital, I make digital display ads. So advertising for the internet uh, in the form of advertising banners. Oh, and short social media content. What do you think? Is that going to catch on? Uh, I don't know. It seems to have some legs. It's paid my mortgage for a few years. So um, it's, I don't know. It seems to be a a growing medium. More and more people Mm. using the internet. Yeah. And you were self-taught. Yeah. No, well, I'm from the school of YouTube. Okay. For those of you who don't know, that's, that's an online video thing program. So yeah, I'm self-taught by virtue of following random strangers on YouTube, mm-hmm. teaching me how to animate bouncing balls yeah. and yeah. Uh, moving boxes around the screen. Wonderful. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing some of your work. Is there anything you want to mention that people can go look at and see how fabulous you are? Or is it kind of undercover work? Is it kind of secret? Uh, it's yeah, pretty secret. That's right. I work entirely for the FBI. CSIS. Um, CSIS. Yeah. No, I... I do stuff for advertising agencies okay. predominantly um, whose clients are anywhere from Ford to World Vision to wow. CIBC. Okay, big players. Um, I'm yeah. just uh, getting a signal from Dave on the board there that you know we should get to the topic because uh, apparently this podcast has a topic. Make it better. We have a purpose. Well, yeah, we have a purpose. Make it better. And um, this is uh, my idea for a podcast because with all this uh, – I don't know if you've heard, but there's this pandemic guy going on, and um, the last while, and, 
Yeah. And I was hoping that maybe this show would give people a little bit of a lift about how out of this pandemic, we can make some changes in the world. Not big, not big, huge changes, but each person could make it better. So Guy, uh, it is Guy, it's not Guy, right? It's Correct. It's Guy. England, not France. Did they call you Guy in France? Yes, because that's what Guy is in French. So that you corrected them, of course. Um, So, Guy, what what do you do every day to make it better? Uh, I'm going out of my way to help the cheese producers of Ontario. Right. You have a bit of a cheese addiction, is that correct? Yeah, I eat eat a lot of cheese. Right. And uh, I make sure that my fridge is fully stocked Mm -hmm. at at all times. So you're supporting Um, the economy. Lately, I've become... Yeah. supporting the economy yeah. by, by uh, shopping locally. Right. I also have established a relationship with a cider producer mm. who uh, has a, a cidery outside of Pickering. Mm-hmm. And uh, I regularly support local mm-hmm. by having him ship me crates of cider. Wow, that's great. Now, so Thanks. you did, I should tell our I listeners that, um, I should tell our listeners that Guy has been very kind to me, He'd done some shopping for me because I'm in that zone where I'm a little more vulnerable to uh, coronavirus than, than Guy is. So I thought he might as well die, not me. So he's been going to the grocery okay. store. And I just want to point out that you bought me imported cheese last time. I just want to point that out. It was from ye old England. Yeah, it's not actually English cheddar, isn't it? It said tickler on it. No, old cheddar. Yeah, tickler. So they gave it. They, they gave it an English name, but it's made in Mississauga. No, it said made in the UK, didn't it? No, anyway, it doesn't matter. No, but, I did not. So, have you have you had the the cheese problem diagnosed yet, or are you just rolling with it, so to speak? I, I'm told it's. Um, it's uh, hereditary. Mm-hmm. It's something, uh, there's a medical name for it. I think it's gluttony. Right, right. And you've gained how many pounds since yeah. the coronavirus started? Uh, the full COVID-19. 19 actually. pounds, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, entirely in the biceps, I'd like to clarify. Yeah, right. Uh, how many stone is that? I don't know. It's English, by the way. Like one, one and a half. Okay. No, I just thought you'd remember because you grew up in England. Uh, don't they measure no, it by pounds I, I and stones? I immediately forgot everything from when I was younger. Thank God we have centimeters here, and I'll keep you on the straight now. So um, just to turn serious for a moment here, I happen to know that you are a good person, and you do little things like, for example, you make my life better by doing some grocery shopping for me. I think that's very kind and generous, and you expect nothing in return. Um, is there a tab? Am I running a tab or anything? Or No. Um, no, no tab. Oh, you haven't charged me a delivery we fee have, yet. We settle it out. So no, what else? No delivery fee. But seriously, Guy, what for our listeners at home, what little things do you do every day that might make this world a little better that when you go, they'll say, well, Guy was here and things were a little better because he did X? <laughs> well, uh, you are not the only person that I do deliveries for. Um, I am also running, doing grocery runs for three other families. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's twice a week. And in addition to that, um, I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, come on. What about your children? You're raising your children properly. That's not really making the world better. I'm trying to raise a good son, and I'm making sure my daughter feels safe and mm-hmm. 
uh, is at peace with what's going on with the virus, but that stuff is a given. Yeah. It's not really like I'm making masks in my spare time. But or- you see, Guy, if I may interrupt for a moment, the purpose of the show is not about changing the world. It's about changing things in our lives, person to person, as I said, one person at a time, one day at a time. And you've talked a lot about how you're wanting to uh, raise your children in a certain way. I think there was one you're keeping in a cage in the basement, but now you've let them out, for example. I think that was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But seriously, you you're, you have a certain way about raising the children, paying attention. But just give our listeners a few things that you do. I don't want to disparage your parents because my parents did the best they could. And some of the things were not ideal. Like I wasn't really given the attention I required. I wasn't really looked at as a human being, for example. Um, I was in a cage as well and fed basically nuts and uh, grass. Uh-huh. But you said you, when your little boy comes over with his Game Boy, is it? Is that what it's called? Uh, Tetris? Uh, he has a tablet. Tablet. Yeah, an Android tablet. And he just wants to be with you. You, pay, you turn and you look at him and say, well, show me what you're doing. And so I think that's really important because then... It's, it's difficult to remember that stuff um, because um, I spent a lot of my life being extremely... So self-focused, extremely narcissistic. And I remember from when I was younger, um, my dad's working time was quiet time and he was to be left alone to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the times when he would have work at home. Most of the time mm-hmm. he would just be at work. Mm-hmm. So working at home and being around the kids, obviously there is no separation there. And it's, it's about uh, being understanding the fact that they don't understand the real difference between that time mm-hmm. or they don't care if you have a deadline. That's mm-hmm. not important to them right now. They right. want you to look at a thing. And so what my wife and I are trying to do is to um, just raise kids who are happy and curious and interested and willing to share and, and get all, out of our own way enough to have them be uh, like happy and open with us. Just before we uh, leave the topic of what Guy Crawford is doing to make it a better world, I also see that you're working on yourself. I see you talk about things like, you know, I really screwed up today. I lost my patience with my wife or my children. Um, I think that for my journey, I can't speak for everyone's experience with it. My journey has entirely been that I was coasting off of uh, past glories and experiences of who I was as a person that I'd set in amber at about 26. And that would have been the crystallization of my personality at that time. Uh, I did very little mental growth from that point. I got married, we bought a house, we started having kids, and I didn't really grow much at all. My mindset was exactly the same as it had been all along because it had gotten me to this point, And I was coasting on um, past glories. I did very little growth. My wife um, is a very well-read, super hyper-intelligent woman who has wanted to push herself and uh, was beginning to experience frustration that I was no longer uh, interested in self-growth, in personal development. And it came to the point where uh, I needed to change. 
and that came through uh, therapy. It came through subscribing to a, a podcast for uh, Dave and Rachel Hollis, the Hollis Co. Call. Co. Company. Um, they've been extremely influential in terms of uh, l- causing me to look at myself and what I want and mm-hmm. uh, the kind of person I want to be, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of father I want to be, a husband. Um, and to actually take the time to think about what that would look like very deliberately and rather than just uh, wandering through it and hoping that everything would work out the best. So don't don't you think that that's uh, making at least your sphere of influence better? I think so. It's yeah. teaching me to shut up a lot, which is great. I am very good being a, an extremely white, extremely middle-class male at projecting my opinions and vomiting opinions all over conversations without them being well thought out at all. Uh, learning that I don't have to pretend that I have an opinion on something just because someone else is putting one forward has been extremely useful. Mm, that must be a relief. I don't know about relief. It means that oh. it's been quite humbling more than anything else. It means I, mm. I've realized I don't know as much about anything as I thought I did because it's just assumptions. It's not knowledge. Happier wife, I imagine. A happier life, yes. And I always used life. to despise that. But what it really means is uh, you're taking the time to engage with your partner and to uh, communicate and connect with them. It's not about being cowed into doing everything you're told. It's about connection. I've read a lot about this uh, mental toll that it takes on women in relationships with men where they take on all the responsibilities in their mind about everything, like the, the school trips, the this, that, the, the lunches, the shopping, everything. And it's assumed that the woman will be in charge of that. Now women are saying, well, wait a minute, my head's full of all these chores and tasks, and I am actually delegating them to my husband. He's not a child. So it sounds like you're waking up to that and having to voluntarily take some of the responsibilities that your wife was formerly holding in mind and taking full responsibility for them. Is that right? Is that the direction? It is. Um, they call it uh, mental load, and it's been, a, uh, it's been an area that has been under-reviewed by men for uh, generations, mm-hmm. so all time. Let's say all time. Sure, why not? Um, it used to come from the division of labor within a household. Mm-hmm. But now that uh, men and women are equals, uh, the labor is. Like it, and it's not just about helping around the house in the way that you would expect. Don't help. Share. Like it's Share. not about helping because mm-hmm. it's, it's your work too. Right. And, it, and that extends as far as, oh, that kid's pajama bottoms are starting to get a hole in the knee. I've got to think about ordering some more. Or right. like we're running out of this in the fridge, or the toilet rolls are getting low. I got to think about getting some more of those, or are the vaccinations up to date. Yeah. Uh, but uh, traditionally, in in our relationship, it had been the case that those were things that my wife would shoulder because she didn't think that that was something that was going to get shared. 
That's fantastic. I think that's wise words for anybody in a couple out there to negotiate and keep talking about all that. And if both people are pulling at least pull at least your weight, and if both people are pulling at least their weight, everything gets done. Yes. Anyway, um, I'm just getting the signal from Dave that we have to wrap up now. So uh, I'll just say that's all the time we have for Make It Better. Uh, I want to thank Dave War of dbaudio.ca. Uh, he's been on the board today. Thank you, Dave. Um, and yeah, and thanks to Guy Crawford for being both uh, funny and interesting. So thank you, Guy, and thanks to all our listeners, wherever you may be. I uh, hope you enjoy the show as much as we've enjoyed making it. And until next time, make it better. Make it better.